not, but would you stand as we read God's Word? We're looking at Galatians chapter 4 as a focal passage, but I want to back up just a smidgen to Galatians chapter 3, picking up at verse 26. And I encourage you, it'll take you about 20 minutes to read Galatians. Read this whole theological dissertation on uh, works versus faith. Judaism and the rule of law and the burden of the law versus a belief and a faith in Christ Jesus as our Savior. I encourage you to read that. But for now, let's pick up in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For through faith, you are all sons of God in Christ. Now that's for those of us who know Christ as Savior. Verse 27, for those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew, Greek, slave, free, male, female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's, Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Drop down to verse 4 of chapter 4. When the time, and this is where I want to focus today, when the time came to completion, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. Let's pray together. Father God, I pray that you would bypass my words and speak to the heart of your people today and speak to the hearts of those that may not know you as Lord and Savior, that may not have this relationship that we're speaking of. And Father God, that you would speak to our hearts in the way that only you can. Whisper your desire for our lives that we may serve you and we may know you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. When the time came to completion, wow, a past that's redeemed. When the time came to completion, the Scripture speaks of time in many ways like we, like you and I would understand it. And uh, time is a season of life, a season uh, as well as a specific time. Now, let me illustrate. Uh, we are in what season? What climatic or uh, 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 climate season are we in? Fall. Uh, it generally, you know, we say September 1st, fall starts, right? Temperatures hadn't really proven that. But when did fall begin? Anybody know? I had to ask my wife. Tell me when. It, it, September 23rd this year. September 23rd is the specific time that fall began. Now, thinking of seasons, uh, it's college football season, right? It's, uh, it could be baseball season. It could be, uh, it could be whatever season it is, but it's college football, although there's a specific kickoff time, right? Y'all probably knew when that was yesterday. Now, uh, let me just go ahead and get it out of the way. People, I've been in I've been Alabama. I was in Dothan for 24 years. I've been in Mobile for three. They'll say, who do you root for? And I'll just say this. It's very simple, y'all. My son and my money went to Auburn, but my loyalty is for sale. Whoever invites me to a game, I will root for your team. In 27 years, I've not been invited to a game. So here's your chance to influence my loyalty. Now, about that, let me just say this. Auburn is our fastest growing ministry in Alabama Baptist Children's Home. While Tuscaloosa is our newest ministry, we just opened an office there January 2nd. 
So uh, I, I'm going to root for both teams. I don't know. Some, yeah. I knew that there were a group of men that I were with yesterday afternoon, that I was with yesterday afternoon. They were rooting for Auburn just because they didn't want Georgia to win. But anyway, that's, that's, another, that's another story. So, oh, oh, for those of us who are hunters in the room, any hunters in the room? Any, any hunters? Uh, do you, any archery hunters in the room? Uh, okay. There's a season. There's an archery season. Do you know that it began yesterday in northeast Alabama? And we weren't there. What's wrong with us? Okay. There's squirrel season. There's duck season. There's turkey season. There's opening day, 30 minutes before legal shooting. I mean, you know, so you know exactly the seasons and specific times in our life. No surprise here when the time came to completion. This statement in Galatians 4 speaks of a moment in time and a season that includes everything that came before for the life of the Jew. This season uh, included a rich history of prophecies and hopes and dreams and struggles all the way back through the Old Testament. I mean, I I won't preach at all, but uh, Genesis 3, Adam and Eve's first sin. Genesis 12, the call of Abram. Genesis 15, the covenant made. Genesis 21, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised, the birth of Isaac. That was just the start of this season. But when the time of completion came, Jesus was the fulfillment of this promise. Jesus, looking back in Galatians 3.16, now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seeds. That does not say unto his seeds, but Though referring to many, but referring to one, Jesus Christ. Isaac began the season. This season of rich history. It began this time. But a specific moment in time came. Jesus was the completion of the promise. His was the completion of this season. Jesus came to earth at the perfect time. Just the right time. Not too late. Not too early. Galatians 4, 4 continues, And God sent His Son, born of a woman. Now, I know we're just turned to fall, but Hobby Lobby's already selling Christmas trees on sale. What season is coming next, y'all? Well, okay, Christmas. There's a few more ball games between now and then, but not the playoff season. And thank you. Anyway, I, I digress. But uh, what do we know about this? Jesus was born of a woman. Jesus could have come to earth as a grown man. He was God. He created everything. He was present at the creation of everything. He was the infinite God-man, the the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace. Yet, what He did, He chose to humble Himself and to be born a baby. But yet, 40 weeks before His birth as a baby, He was so small, a two-cell zygote, able to fit on the tip of a pen. He humbled himself to that, the creator of all things, not only to be born of a woman, to be a baby, to be a human. But you talk about humility. Our eyes couldn't even see him. And he was there. He did that for us. Verse 5, born under the law to redeem those under the law. Now we've already talked about the history. We've already talked about a little bit about all this stuff that was going on in the Old Testament. Um, you think about it. We had Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments, we know, it really has threefold. To teach us how to relate to God and to teach us how we should relate to one another. But it has another, a third purpose. It's to teach us that we can't keep the law. 
And to emphasize this, those Ten Commandments by the Jewish people turned into 613 rules and laws. Who wants to sign up for that to-do list? Huh? 613. Whether it's ten, Jesus made it simple. He said, I'll, I'll make it two. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and feet, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what we're to do. But this born under the law to redeem the law, here's the problem. The problem is our sin nature. You don't have to teach a baby how to be selfish. My granddaughter that will be born somewhere around January 28th, Richard and Ansley won't have to teach her to be selfish. She's going to be born with a sin nature. She'll need to be cared for. That's the problem. We all have that sin nature. The good news is Jesus is the Redeemer. He's the Redeemer who came at the perfect time in the perfect way to to meet our needs. Paul said it this way in Galatians 2.16, We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law because the works of the law no human can be justified, but rather by faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians 2.19 puts it, he continues on his uh, diatribe of this law versus faith and why the law was given. In 4.2, Paul likens it to a guardian or a trust, trustee, that we're under this trustee guardianship. In 3.10, the curse of the law versus Jesus' completion of the promise. In Galatians 3.13, anyway, just go back and read all of this about Jesus in Galatians. If you hear nothing else this morning, I want you to hear how, how Paul summarized it in his second letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. It's not about the Ten Commandments. It's not about the 613 rules or the 613 rules we've added. It's about a relationship with Him. My mic's cutting in and out. Do I need to move to this one? Y'all okay? You can probably hear me anyway, but I don't want to distract from the message of God's own redemption for our lives. Whether you're orphaned, whether you're a foster child, whether you're a human being here in the sound of my voice, we all have a past that needs to be redeemed. But there's a present that shifted. Something changes. By the way, there's 6,000 kids in Alabama. I'm sure Kim probably shared this when she was here. 6,000 kids in care in need of that redemption. We at the Children's Home get to take care of five or 600 of them each year. And uh, uh, we have 75, you can celebrate right now, this week, we have 75 brand new foster families being trained across the state to take care of more kids and to, to offer this redemption that is very practical in the life of, the, of these children. But it also moves from a past in need of redemption to a present that shifted. Verse 5b continues, so that we might receive adoption as sons. This is the good news. The bad news, we need a redeemer. The good news, Jesus is available and that we might receive is a present that shifted. Listen, the, the Greek culture, the Hellenistic Jew in this northern province of Rome, would understand this very clearly. It was their culture that I, I have three sons and two daughters, I could put away one of my children. I, I could, I could uh, unofficiate. I, I could disaffiliate. I, I could say, You're no, you have wronged the family. 
you are no longer a member of my family. Get out of my house. But for the adopted child, that could not be done. You could not overturn the rule of law. You could not overturn the relationship that had started with an adopted child in this culture. Listen, Jesus has adopted us into His forever family. We have a relationship with Him. It can't be undone. It can't be changed. We can't step out of it. And because you are sons, verse 6 says, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. What does that mean or look like to be a part of God's family? Well, it's clear. We're clothed in Christ. We're one in Christ. We belong to Christ. We're heirs according to the promise thousands of years before. We're in never-ending relationship with our Heavenly Father. We get to call Him Daddy. We get to call Him Abba Father. That's, that's cause for celebration, y'all. I don't know what God's calling you to. Maybe it's just to remind us we are His kids. We're written in His will. Nothing can change that. We belong to Him because of Christ, not because of our ability to keep the law. I'm reminded of Sarah. Kim tells the story. I first heard of Sarah, and her name has been changed. She's in the Dothan area, and she was a teenager that came into our care. She was so traumatized, um, her mother called her It. Her mother would never use her name. Uh, she was in such poor condition that um, her head had to be shaved in order to treat her scalp wounds that were inflicted in punishment toward her. She was a high schooler, um, and she came to know her need for redemption. She came to Christ. She knew Christ as Savior. And Brother Jason, as she stood in the baptismal pool in Dothan, Alabama, with Kim at her side. Now, by the way, it's a very special thing to be baptized. It's really special to see a father-son baptized. Amen? I mean, y'all jumped to your feet and I went, oh, this is cool. I love this. Round of applause. Standing ovation indeed. But you know what? The reality is we're hoping the water's not too cold. We're hoping the water's not too hot. We hope somebody put water in there. Weren't you? Did you wake up in the middle of the night going, I wonder if somebody put water? And we're just hoping that that goes. Uh, I, I, was, I was in a church, uh, my home church, and our custom was to baptize as often as we could. And uh, the choir was up there, and the men, the men on the back row, they couldn't see, right? They, they, you know, they couldn't turn around and see. And the guy who was being baptized, all of a sudden at that moment, decided he didn't want to go under the water, and he put his hand out like this. And you know what happens when you skim your hand across the top of the water? He wet the whole back row of bases. It was, yeah. Listen, as a staff member, we're praying that doesn't happen. In the middle of the baptism, Kim is standing by Sarah. Sarah is next to be baptized. We're hoping everything goes well. We hope, you know, and all of a sudden Sarah says, we've got to pray. Kim says, no, we, it's, we, don't, we, we can't pray. Now, you know, when in church do you say you can't pray? We can't pray. You're, you're up next. You know, you're, you're up next. You're about to be baptized. She goes, no, we need to pray. Kim said, oh. <laughs> she wasn't stepping forward to be baptized. She wasn't stepping off the top step to the next step. Until she prayed. And Kim said, why? And she said, you know what? I've never asked God to forgive me of the bad thoughts that I've had toward my mother. They paused. She prayed. She got baptized successfully and no bases were splashed in the process. Listen, Sarah got it. She got what it meant to know Christ, to be forgiven, the need to offer forgiveness. Her mom 
her fault? We're still praying for mom to come to Christ. I don't know what her situation is or where she is, but Sarah got what it meant to know Christ. Her life needed redemption. Jesus saved her. Her present was different because of Jesus in her life. And it it led her to dream about the future, which brings us to our third point, a future that's altered. Listen, only DHR places more kids in in foster parents than ABCH. We're we're blessed. But that's 10%. There's 90% other kids across the state that are are in, in, in foster through DHR, through Alabama Baptist Children's Home, through other organizations, we get to to touch the lives of these kids. Now, verse 7 continues, And if the Son, then God has made you an heir. Let's, let's Let's talk about the future. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're new to Christ, if you're brand new in your walk with Christ, I just want to encourage you. And the, and the believers, the people that have been walking with Christ for a while, we just want to encourage you. Some things are about to happen in your life. Are you ready? If you're brand new to Christ, and I hope there's some of you in here today, God's going to do some things in your life. Hurt is going to become healing. Emptiness of, of trying to fix this situation on your own, your sin nature, is going to turn to forgiveness and to hopes and dreams. There's going to be a generational life change and shift that occurs. There's an eternal difference that's made because of Christ. Listen, sin and our sin condition and sin nature robs robs us of our ability to dream and think about the future. I'm I'm thinking about some family care. I don't know if you know about family care ministry. We have Gardendale, Alabaster, and Mobile where we have family care. It's a ministry for homeless moms with kids. It's a 12-month ministry that helps them preclude having their children taken away. Okay? And so uh, one, one mom put it this way, and I read in a recent article on our website, this is what she said. She said, I couldn't think of a future. All I could think of was day-to-day survival. I felt I was on a hamster wheel of surviving. I couldn't think or plan for the future. Jesus gives us a future. He changes our future. He gives us opportunity to, to, to dream about the future and get out of that survival mode. If somebody walked in the back door, door with a, a firearm or a bomb or whatever, you wouldn't be thinking about lunch, even though your belly's growling. You'll be thinking about survival. Who's going to stand up and take the bullet? Who's going to take this guy out? You're think- Listen, when you're in a survival situation living on the streets, I'm reminded of Blake and Amy. Blake and Amy, real names, real testimonies. You can read about them on our website. Uh, they were moms that had similar backgrounds. Incarceration, separation from their kids, child custody involved in their lives, drug rehab, rehabilitation needed, engaged in. They went through their time spent, their rehab. They got their kids back. They were in family care. They came to know Christ. They're reunited with some of their kids. Some, there was consequences that they were not reunited. Those kids were fostered out and later adopted. But these ladies found Christ. They have hopes. They have dreams. Blake just moved out of our care in the last two months. She lives in Fairhope. She has a job. She has a savings account. She has a life. She has her son 
in custody with her. I mean, God makes a difference. He gives us a future. If you are new to Christ, you have much to look forward to. Now, for those of us like me who've been a believer for a long time, and I love this. Y'all don't have a clock. This is great. Uh, you, know what a pa- you know what it means when the pastor takes his watch off? Absolutely nothing. But I've got to tell you what it's been like to walk with Christ. My life. God, God has so blessed. Uh, I mean, you, you see a horrible past shifted to a hope and promise. Uh, you, see, you see lostness and slavery become freedom and forgiveness. You see generational curse. Uh, I'm a fourth generation Floridian, and I don't know how far alcoholism goes back. My kids know nothing of that lifestyle and that background because Jesus gloriously saved my mom when she was pregnant with me. And six and 14 years later, I came to Christ. And two years after that, Dad came to Christ. And, and we've seen a generational curse broken. We've seen a generational shift into blessing. And God, only Jesus, can do that as He did in Sarah's life to grant forgiveness. Uh, the future may get bumpy. Listen, but God's got this. Hey, you asked the apostles, did you live happily ever after? Get a nice home and a nice retirement and pension and, and, and serve Jesus taking the offering up on Sunday mornings? No, they lost their lives for Jesus' sake. And they would gladly do it. I, I really believe this, and this is free. I didn't have this written down, Brother Walt. Th- this is free. I, I know it's not going to be this way when we get to heaven, Brother Jason, but I know... I know that we're going to feel it, we're going to sense it, even if Jesus doesn't do this. But I think He's going to call all of us together. And He's going to say, hey boys and girls, 21st century, not exactly what I had in mind. Folks, we need to live as though we're redeemed. We need to understand that Jesus has made a difference in our life, and it ought to change the way we think. It ought to change the way we act. It ought to change the way we love. It ought to change the way we serve. So just a few questions. Are you in need of redemption? Have you been adopted into God's forever family? If you have, are you still living like an orphan? Are you being who God has saved you to be? I mean, Paul wrote it very clearly in Galatians 5, 6. What matters is faith working through love. Are you loving? Is anybody seeing faith being worked out through your love? And I'm not trying to guilt you on any level here. I want you to think about, God, what are you, what are you whispering in my heart today? Paul said in Galatians 5.13, serve one another through love. Serve one another. In Galatians 6.9, let us not get tired of doing good. What is God calling you to do today? He may not be calling you to adopt an orphan from Africa. He may or may not be calling you to be a foster parent. But He's calling each of us to do something. He's calling each of us to set an example of what He has done in our lives through faith and service and love. So, we can move from an attitude an attitude of disobedience to an attitude of, of obedience. Let me, let me explain. Why would I do that, you may ask? To, why would I not? Why would I go get a passport? I don't plan on going on a mission trip. Why would you not go get a passport in case God calls you to go on a mission trip? 
Uh, I don't I don't have a good Bible, a good study Bible. Why would you not go get a good study Bible so you can learn from the word and learn of God? uh, Why would you not take that background check so you could work in preschool? I don't know. Nobody's filtered me any any information. My question for you, why can't we move from the attitude, why would I do that, to why would I not do that? Jason Johnson is an advocate for foster parenting. He's a foster parent, an adopted dad. He, he works with the CAFO organization. That's Christian Alliance for Orphans. ABCH is a member of that. And he tells a story. He tells a story that he was making an appeal in Memphis, Tennessee, for um, for foster parents. Now, what is Memphis known for? one thing that barbecue right and he said i made this appeal that we need more foster families and we need people to respond and i don't know what god's calling you to do but this is what happened jason shares he said at the end of his talk a big dude i'm talking a big dude barbecue maybe in the seat you know smelled like smoke he walks up he looks jason in the eye and he says i'll tell you this I ain't ever taken one of them kids into my house. Jason said, that's probably a good thing. (laughs) We probably don't want to send kids to your house. He said, but I can provide the best Memphis barbecue to any foster parent event that needs it. Listen, God may be not calling you to do certain things, but he's calling you to do something. We can all do something. What is God whispering in your heart? Um, let Let me mention this illustration. So, so you're a parent, you have kids, and, and you, mom, you ask your daughter to go clean her room. And she would respond with, why would I do that? Or she responds with, well, mom, that's a pretty good idea for you. Let me pray about it. See if God's calling me to that. Or uh, uh, let me discuss it in my small group. I, I know Phil, Philip probably has a Bible study and, and, and as a youth, you know, and he'll, we'll, we'll discuss whether, to, whether we need to clean our room or not. Or... Or uh, you're older and you think, you know, I need to attend, uh, you know, when I'm older, I'll attend a conference, I'll go to seminary, I'll learn how to be an expert room cleaner. You see what I'm saying here? God's just calling you to simple things. He's calling you, listen, the most important step of faith that you can take is the next step. The most important response in obedience to what God is asking you to do is what did he, what did he already ask you to do? And so, I want you to consider stopping praying for clarity and start praying for courage. Listen, like the apostles, didn't turn out too good for them. God will provide. He will call us to hard stuff. Three months, two weeks ago, God called my wife and I to be a foster parent home. Since He has been in our home, I've been on church staff for 48 years. Nothing has been more difficult. And nothing has been more rewarding. I'll tell you the rest of the story one day when I can. But let me tell you this. The old adage that God won't call you to something that you can't handle, that's not what God's doing. God will call you to things that you can't handle. That you can't do. And He will give you the strength to do it. He will be the strength that gets it accomplished. So our past is in need of redemption by Christ. Our current reality and relationship, our status was changed because of Christ. We have a future. We have a hope 
We have service. We have an inheritance, an heir of Christ. Let's step up to that responsibility, whatever God is calling you to do.